0: Log Talk Radio. And then I said to the guy, well, at least 3.5 sounds better than 4.5. Oh, hello, Nat Sound. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports Page and FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington for Federal Baseball. I've got Doghouse for Federal Baseball on the line, coming to you after the National's second straight win. It's only the second time in the second half they've done that, so enjoy it. 4 to 1 tonight in Colorado. Jason Wirth with a big hit to lead them. But we'll start with Stress Bunny on the mound. Fifth start, five starts since his first DL stint, which, it were which was interrupted by a second DL stint. He's put up a 1.57 ERA, a one eighty 229, 320 line against and 38 and two-thirds innings pitched. Six and six on the year, 4.62 ERA, 3.20 fit. 2.43 walks per nine, 10.09 K per nine, 273, 327, 437 line against in 74 innings pitched before tonight. An E3 ground out and wild pitch in the second give the Rockies a one nothing lead. An eight pitch one two three fifth leaves them at 77 pitches. Six pitch one two three six puts them at 83. A Ten pitch one two three seventh 93 pitches. We will talk about why he was still in there in the seventh and whether we like that decision later. But 93 pitches after seven done after seven innings, two hits, one earned run, one run, I'm sorry, zero earned runs, zero walks, which is great, five Ks, 93 pitches, 68 strikes, nine ground ball outs, three fly outs, 10 straight outs to end it, 17 of the last 18 Rockies sent down doghouse. This is a good Strasburg we've got back here. Since he came off that first DL stand, he's just been his dominant self, and the Strasburg we're used to seeing, and more of the same tonight. Oh, excuse me, of course as soon as you started I had to cough uh, <laughs> but yeah
1: Strasburg was dominant except for how he totally fell apart when there was that error behind him and he gave up like
0: 10 runs <laughs> oh wait, that didn't happen well, but, I think he uh, might have been pressing a little bit with that curveball when he spiked one in the end there, he might have been trying a little too hard to get that out yeah possibly,
1: uh, and, and as I recall there was there was Rather, the strike zone was kind of wandering around tonight. He had, uh, I think, sort of a, a a good fastball on the edge of the zone that got called a ball there, but looked pretty good on pitch track. I haven't gone back and looked at pitch defects because, honestly, the, the ball and strike calling has been atrocious so far this series. But uh, I, I can't really point the finger at it giving an advantage to one side or the other tonight. Uh, so I, I'm just going to celebrate the, the return of Strasburg's fastball command. Uh, you know, he he spot 96 or 97 tonight. He's he's hitting the corners, uh, putting it where he wants it. He's he's throwing the curve for strikes. He he didn't throw the change a lot tonight, but when he did, it was very effective. Uh, th- this is the Strasburg that we know. Strasburg can be, and if he's he's sorted out his mechanical issues and. Uh, and his, his weird little aches and, the, you know, the things that put him on the DL, and this is what we get for the rest of the season, I think the mats can be very happy, you know, especially with the way the rest of the rotation has, has struggled a little bit, looked a little uh, a little flat and ineffective here in the second half. Uh, Strasburg is, is certainly a, a, a breath of, of fresh run prevention, I guess. I'm not <laughs> quite sure how to mix up that metaphor there. But uh, no walks, great. Only 5Ks, could have used a couple more. Uh, I especially like how he managed his contact today. We got a, a couple of balls that went out towards the track that didn't didn't quite make it much farther than that. You know, you're always a little nervous when you get anything in the air here uh, uh, Here in the Rockies. I, I, that, that, that ball that Strasburg passed popped up its first or second AB went like 350 feet. Um, but, I was thinking uh, that might go uh, out. Yeah. That was, well, you know, he needs his one a year, just like Gio. Um, A a great outing, a a great outing. And I I hope this is a a harbinger of what we see from him for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, it is. Definitely opposite world, or whatever you want to call it, that all of a sudden everyone in the rotation but Steven Strasburg is struggling after the first half he put together, but I'm sure all national fans will take it, and it's a good sign for Steven Strasburg if you were worried about him in the first half and worried that it wasn't just mechanical issues tied to the ankle and then the back like it was caused by the ankle, et cetera, that he's really come back here and been strong in the last six outings now. I think he's got like a 1-2-something ERA in the last six starts, so really dominant outing. I sort of teased in that intro on Strasburg, though. He was at 83 pitches after a six pitch, 1-2-3-6, one nothing game in the Rockies' favor at that point. The Nationals put runners on second and third with no out, but Ryan Zimmerman, Cade, swinging at a 1-2 fastball up out of the zone. Really not a nice pitch to chase there, Zim, but I'll forgive you. After an intentional walk to Michael A. Taylor, loaded the bases. Wilson Ramos, who uh, one of our readers, Rob Bob, today pointed out, actually has good numbers with runners in scoring positions. So I was wondering if that was going to come back to bite the Rockies, but Wilson Ramos lines out sharply at that point for out number two. So you got the bases loaded, two out. Steven Strasburg had 83 pitches. Matt Williams sends him up to the plate, lets him hit. swing swinging there. At that point, I'm thinking you're kind of desperate for a win at this point. The season's hanging in the balance, depending on what you do on a daily basis going forward. Maybe start managing like it, question mark I have written down. If you're Matt Williams, Doug asks, do you leave Steven Strasburg in the bat there? And I'm kinda of waiting afterwards to see what he says because if he was leaving him in for a chance to get the win, I'll be angry about it. Otherwise if he just thinks he was dominant and thought he was more reliable than anyone in the bullpen, I think that's a more reasonable thinking. Uh, I, I think yes, if he left him in for the win, that is absolutely the
1: wrong thing, and I will immediately be on the fire of Matt Williams bandwagon if he says anything remotely similar to that. Uh at at this point in the season we gotta be managing for team wins because that's what actually counts. Uh you know, insert rant about pitcher wins being dumb. Uh I, I think I've I've made plenty of those over the course of the season and every time I've ever written anything about baseball on the internet. But I, I think with the the nervousness we've had of uh, or that that the middle relief has inspired in us this season, leaving Strasbourg in when he's having a good game and has at least another 15, 20 pitches in his arm, uh, I think that's a reasonable gamble to take. Uh, In spite of all the left on base up to that point in the game, uh, Nats hitters have been working some patience at bats. They've been seeing the ball well. They've been getting on base. They've been putting together a couple of hits. And given the quality of the Rockies' bullpen, I I think that was a reasonable gamble to take that uh, the Nats will be able to push across a run or two later. And it it, it turned out to be right. Um, I I don't know if I would have had the nerve to make that call there, but uh, it it, it doesn't seem completely unreasonable. Um, You know, what what are you worried about more? Are you worried about the bullpen more, or are you worried about uh, ineffective hitting more? And, and, you know, I I, I can see panicking in, in either direction. You know, yeah, general, if, leave leave him in and hope the bats come around.
0: I was going to say, I think if he goes back out the next inning after not scoring there, gives up two runs or a couple hits and is out of the game, then Matt Williams is getting castigated in the press tomorrow and Mike Rizzo is rushing to his defense saying that we're all armchair managers who don't know what we're talking about like he did today, but I'm paraphrasing Mr. Rizzo there. It was actually sort of humorous, though, a little bit angry rant about everyone complaining about Williams and What the Nationals are doing, but Strasburg comes through and kind of justifies the decision, quote unquote. But it was questionable there. I'm still on the fence. I agree with you. And I also agree with you about pitcher wins. And I think Jordan Zimmerman's six run win last night in a 15 6 game is all (laughs) the proof you need. All the proof you need that they're absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Jorge De La Rosa on the mound for the Rockies tonight struck out 11 and 7 in the third innings when the Nationals faced him uh, last July in Coors Field. He gave up six hits, four runs, three earned, and in six innings of a 5 4 Rockies win, in which he received no decision earlier this month in the nation's capital. Uh, interesting, well, probably not too surprising considering it's Coors Field, but splits this year 6 6 2 ERA in Coors Field, 50 in third pitch, 3-1-7 in and 1 3rd innings pitched, 3 1 7 ERA, and 59 2 3 outside of Denver. Uh, 503 fifth in Colorado, 358 outside, 274, 368, 497 line in course field, 215, 293, 41 outside of it. So somebody sign this poor guy and get him out of there. Four scoreless on 71 pitches in spite of four walks tonight. Nationals couldn't take advantage early. Five innings on 89, six scoreless on 110, six innings pitch, four hits, no runs, no earned runs, six walks, six A's, six three, grand out to fly out. That's a really nice uh, appearance here by Jorge De La Rosa, who's not a dominant pitcher, doesn't have any really dominant pitches. He has that nasty splitter, though, and was using it to good effect tonight.
1: Yeah, so uh, John Lennon's cousin is, a, is apparently working, <laughs> so that's that, that's nice to see. Uh, the only thing that, that could have made me more nervous about the Nats against him had been if I had never actually heard of him before, because he got left-handed soft tosser, uh, oh my goodness! But he walks six, manages to get the Nats chasing high fastballs. That uh, I come on, people! Uh, what, what are you doing? Uh, that the, the strikeout he got against Harper with I think it was what like three consecutive changeups, uh, or, or uh, may, maybe there was there was that little little breaking ball he's throwing at like eighty two. Uh, I I just Uh, it it, it confounds me that the the Nats are so much trouble squaring up a guy like this. Uh, He did get a little bit of luck. It seemed like the bases were always loaded, but the bases were always loaded with with Strasburg at the plate. Um, Although that's a slight exaggeration. I think he only had four left on base tonight. Um, But he he, he allows ten base runners in in six six innings and, and gives up no runs. That's uh, th- that's a little bit of magic there working on his side, and while I, I will note that he has been punished at Coors Field, uh, once you take him out of Coors Field, he is you know a solidly almost league average pitcher. So again, just the type of guy the Nats will struggle against, and you know they <laughs> didn't completely embarrass themselves against him, but m- my gosh, you, you got to scratch out a couple of runs against that uh given what they were able to do against him and the, the fact that he fanned six of them while walking six is just it's it it's a little embarrassing. You know, the the Nets the Nets got the W so I, I'll I'll try not to complain too much about them not putting more runs on this guy, but my golly, Nats, you, you gotta put some runs on the guy.
0: I have here in my notes Michael A. Taylor, double play grounder in the second was just his second double play grounder in 140 games and 300 plate appearances to that point. I didn't come up with a question for this one, but that's just kind of impressive, right? Oh, it
1: is. He's he's a he's a fast guy and he hits a lot of balls in the air. Um and I'm asserting that now without checking his batted ball data which means I'm probably completely wrong about it. Uh, but he's also fast. Yes. yes, that that is impressive. He is, he is certainly no
0: Wilson Ramos when it comes to double plays. <laughs> Ouch! That's loaded the bases in the seventh. A two out double. I have in quotes because the right fielder Charlie Blackman just kind of misplayed a ball charging in by Bryce Harper. Back to back walks by you know Escobar, Ian Desmond, who's walking like it's I don't know. I was going to say a, a year in the past, but he's never walked a whole lot. Ryan Zimmerman comes up. <laughs> Wild pitch brings Harper in to tie it at one at that point, but UNL Escobar two-blends his way out of the inning when he rounds third, goes too far. I'm going to summon my best Charlie Slow here. What was he thinking? Where was he going? <laughs> that, was a, that, was a, that was a horrible Charlie Slow.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I I think we can all imagine the uh, the relevant closing play there. But that was <laughs> uh, apparently, and and I didn't see this all on the replay. Uh, Zimmerman was waving him in, although I, I don't know if, huh. if he saw Zim. And he, he seemed to be dogging a, a little into third. Then he turned on the Jets, rounded hard, saw he was in no man's land. But part of that is, is credit to D.J. LeMahieu, LeMahieu, who got over to that sort of no man's land over uh, between the mound and third to back up the the, the throw to the pitcher there on the uh, trying to make the play at the plate, the, the ball that got by him. Uh, and so that that was a, a heads-up play by the Rocky second baseman there to to be in the right place to back up that throw and make the play to get Escobar. And it, it might have been interesting if he had just been going hard that whole way, rounded third and, and, and not stopped. There probably would have been a play at, at home there that would get him if the play is on. But, you know, you, you, you force it. You make people throw the ball around. Maybe you get lucky. And uh, the catcher misses the tag, or overthrows him, or he's not in position, or something. Um, it, it tied up the game, so I'm not going to get too mad. But uh, and plus, plus I think what Escobar what two hits and two walks today. So uh, yeah. all right, we'll 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 give him a two plan. Although two that, for three, two advanced, walks, and a run score. That that advance on the, uh, on the sack fly <laughs> a little later in the game there was a little questionable, regardless of the fact that he made it. Yes,
0: I said afterwards on Twitter that the fact that he scored only encouraged him to do that again after I had asked Brown. To, yes, you made it, but why did you do it after he did that? <laughs> he scored, so we'll accept it. Uh, There are 19 walks in 17 17 innings by the Rockies pitchers after Raphael Betancourt put Clint Robinson on in the eighth. That was, I believe, the eighth walk of the night tonight uh, by the Rockies pitchers. Two two runners on at that point. Jason Worth steps in, troubled all year, not hitting for power, just came back from the DL, moved into the leadoff spot because he's not really squaring up the ball the last couple weeks. Steps in and, of course, triples to right field to bring in two runs, three to one. Worth gets in the third, all kinds of pumped up that he basically won the game on that one. It's really good to see Jason Worth come through with a big hit and show a little opposite-field power there and get the Nationals ahead, three to one, and what ends up a 4-1 win. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's even better because it meant that uh, he got to talk to Colco
1: after the game and just, just <laughs> dropped a pile of meaningless baseball jub-jub platitudes on him it was uh it was it was fantastic but uh, uh a double and a triple tonight um you know he, he's not going to be putting the ball over the wall a lot the rest of the season you know coming back from that wrist energy uh wrist injury that that he's had over and over again over his career you know it's it's uh it's a wonder there's not like a hook there that he has to grip the bat with or something um but he 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 still got the batting eye he can still work along at that and he still has at least gap gap power, and he's uh, a, a canny ball player with uh, with good base running skills and uh, a, a good eye for how a play develops and what to do about it. Um, you know, okay, he's he's lost his step in the field. We can all agree on that, but uh, he's not necessarily going to be dragging the team down over the rest of the season. And frankly, putting him in the leadoff spot is a creative and potentially effective place for him right now. You know, I, certainly in past seasons i thought that uh, that work would be good in the leadoff spot You know, much as uh, he seems not to have been in favor of that but uh, I, I think that's that's not a bad place for him right now.
0: Well, as I noted the other night when they announced that he was going to be leading off, uh, we had suggested on the show the night before then without the power maybe that was the best spot to put him like Davey Johnson did in 2012 when he came back from the left uh, wrist injury like you mentioned which is Obviously a lot worse one and probably affected his power even more, but he worked out well that time. He put together a good run towards the end of the season leading off. So, Denard Span, get ready to bat second when you come back up here. And
1: after way <laughs> the Nets,
0: close it out through store and get ready to be the seventh-inning man because Casey Jansen, Jonathan Papelbon, uh, eighth and ninth-inning combination tonight looked really solid out there. Jansen with a seven-inning uh, Seven pitch, four strike, one two three inning. bond, nine pitch, one two three ninth inning for his twentieth save. Third with the Nationals, twenty for twenty, three for three. Ton work tonight, and I was wondering last night when Drew Storen pitched in a meaningless game what that would mean for him tonight if he was needed there. So he gets the night off, and Jansen gets the eighth.
1: Yeah, Jansen's fidgety, uh, high energy, low speed delivery is uh, clearly baffling the Rockies hitters, and, and that's great. Uh, I, I thought uh, Zimmerman had a really nice play to end the end the game on that uh, the hard hit ball off the line there. Uh, it's, I thought it was uh, yeah. funny as he was running the bag, running to the bag, and Paps was running over to cover. He already had his hand up for the high five. He was running to the bag. <laughs>
0: Team player, man. You gotta love it. Tomorrow night, Max Scherzer against Johan Flande on the mound and the third of three in course Field, and the Nationals go home for what I believe, without having it in front of me, is a nine-game home stand. They go into the game tomorrow three and a half games back in the NL East after the Mets dropped one tonight. Thank you, Mets, for doing that, and thank you, Orioles, for coming through, even though it pains me to say it. Nationals 60-59 and on the year. Nats nightly sponsored by the District Sports page and federalbaseball.com. Hopefully, we'll be talking to you after the third straight win tomorrow night, Doghouse.
1: Fingers crossed.
0: Go Nats. Dave says free trade turner.